Welcome to the Art of Teaching podcast. I'm Matthew Green, and I'm so grateful that you joined us today. In this week's episode of the Art of Teaching podcast, we're hearing from the incredible Nigel Marsh. As well as the author of three books, he's the co-founder of Earth Hour and is also a proud ambassador of the Australian Indigenous Education Foundation. His TED speech on work-life balance remains the most viewed ever given outside of America, with well over 4 million views. His internationally acclaimed podcast, The Five of My Life, can be found on iTunes. In this episode, we have an honest discussion about work-life balance. We discuss his views that certain jobs and career choices are still fundamentally incompatible with being meaningfully engaged with a young family. And we chat about some small investments that we can make to transform our lives. There were a few minor audio issues with this week's episode, but it was still a great discussion. I hope that you find our talk today as inspirational as I did. Please enjoy. Welcome, Nigel. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Just before we get started, a couple of uh, rapid fire questions. What is your coffee order? Soy latte. Soy latte. Uh, what is still on your bucket list that you have not achieved yet? Uh, going to Petra, Jordan, because my dad had it on his and he didn't get there and I haven't been there either. Fantastic. Uh, what's the best purchase you've made for under $50 lately? Amazing. What sort of pen is that? It's a mechanical pencil with a replaceable eraser, and it costs less than four dollars. Fantastic! It's fantastic, Milan. I, 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 I'm trying to teach myself to sketch, and this thing is a—it's just fantastic. Amazing. Hopefully, I'll be able to put that in the show notes afterwards, uh, so people can Milan. Get their own pencil. L A N. Amazing! Amazing. If you could have a dinner party with anyone, who would be there? Uh, Ellen Johnson Sirleaf the 24th president of Liberia, Alan de Botton, uh, Tina Fey and Matt Haig. Fantastic. That's a, that's a great dinner party. I'd uh, love to be on fly on the wall on that one. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's get started. So, so 10 years ago, um, I'm sure it doesn't seem that long ago, but it was 10 years ago, you uh, talked at the TED uh, by Sydney and talked about work-life balance. And you said that work-life balance is an ongoing battle. Um, in your opening statement, you said it's easy to balance your work life when you have no work. Um, can you take us back to that moment in your life and, and, and what, was, uh, what was going on for you at that point? I know it was 10 years ago. Yeah, well, actually, the, the events themselves were more than 10 years ago. So, so the speech was 10 years ago, but it was something I, I lost my job uh, at the age of 40, and I had four young kids under the age of six. Um, and we just moved countries, so it was, uh, you know, enormously stressful. Yeah. Um, and I, through a series of, you know, I studied theology as a, as a young man at university, but I've always been thinking about what's the point of life. And um, I, I read this quote that I started my TED speech with, which is, pause for a moment, you wretched weakling, and take stock of your miserable existence. So, you know, something happened to me, i.e. losing my job, when you think, right, so I'm yeah. 40, it's no longer a joke. You know, you, you, you know, at the age of 50, you have the face that you deserve. Is how am I going to spend the next 10 years? And, and do I want to get back on the hamster wheel? You know, nothing wrong with that, but do I want to get back right. on the hamster wheel? And I suddenly sort of thought, do you know what? If I don't make a change now, well, then when when will I? It, you know, it, it, it's it's almost like an op- a, a, a gift where something. If, if you're a man and you say, "Oh gosh, darling, I don't really want to go to work anymore because I want to find myself," they, you know, your partner or your friends could say, "Well, hold on, grow up. You have to." But it's a bit like when when when, when women get pregnant. It's a legitimate way of breaking the normal routine well obviously yes. you're having a baby so you're not going to be at the office you know, blah 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 yes. so you go well you've actually made me redundant so i haven't got a job so i'm going to be unemployed on for me the other side of the world from all my friends and family um am i just going to jump back into my normal life which everyone was advising or am i going to try and change my life in every single way which is which is what i tried to do so I, I haven't had a drink for 18 years I've 
you know, I'm no longer fat, you know, it was everything. And, but one of them was, I don't want to go back to the same working life that I had. And I am going to, you know, spend a year being a house husband. And, you know, for, me, for many people, and, and, and I, I totally get that. So my, so my book's not a self-help book, it's just my story. If people get anything from it, that's great. I'm not telling anyone else what to do. Yeah. But for me, that was a total and utter radical paradigm shift. So I have lived in a willing, uh, traditional, old, conventional gender role relationship. You yeah. know, my wife loved her dearly, been married for 28 years. Um, we were both addicts execs when we met. But then when we started having children, the natural conscious choice was you bring up the kids, I'll bring in the money. Yeah. Um, and so then uh, the domestic terrain and especially child rearing was not me. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't want to meddle or anything, but I'm just saying for me to yeah. stay at home, I didn't know where the kindy was. So yeah. drop the kids off at the kindy. Where's that? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, so I decided to, you know, try and change my life in every single way. And, and I spent a year, you know, being a, being a house husband and I, and I was useless at it. I mean, I, you know, I wanted a round of applause every time I loaded the dishwasher. I, you know, yeah. Dress the kids in the wrong clothes. I did, you know, so it was a real, uh, a wonderful lesson for me, an insight into how stressful and hard it is wrangling four young kids, getting them to the kindy, you know, keeping them alive, feeding them, dressing them, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And as I as I mentioned before, we um, hit record today. I've I've been reading through your book, and for anyone that hasn't read uh, Fat Forty and Fired, please please do. It's hilarious, and and I it's. It's such a wonderful account and such an honest account of the uh, of, of the struggles of of that adjustment. And and I'm I'm recently uh, relatively recently have uh, I've got a one year old and a, um, a three year old. And reading some of your stories about how did you adjust to staying home was, um, but not just that, even just a mindset sh- set shift of you um, of, of the reversal of those roles and actually um, uh, getting getting aspects of your life back, which I thought was which was really wonderful. And why do you think um, why do you think it's important to have a conversation about work life balance or have a conversation about um, 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 about those roles and what we what we want in life? Well, so I'm a little bit of a, a maverick. In uh, there are, I mean, I I get paid to give talks about work life balance all around, all over the world. And uh, I usually start my speeches in a way that surprises a few people where I don't like the phrase work-life balance. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm the work-life balance guy. And they go, yeah, I, you know, I get that, but I don't like it. And because work-life balance is, is a, such a misleading term. Absolutely. It, it, we know the area it represents, but the term itself suggests that work is bad, that there's only two parts to life, that, 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 that if you do more of one, you do less of another, that yeah. you have to balance equal time. And for me, it's not, about, um, it's not about spending equal amounts of time in the classroom and on the golf course. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is, I, I am going to answer a question, but it's important to say that where, yes. so for me, work-life balance is the most important issue in the world because how I define it is how to construct a meaningful life. Yeah. It's not about getting up at four o'clock and drinking a smoothie and doing yoga. Yeah. And quality time and all that bollocks. Right. It's about reflecting and thinking what type of a woman or a man do I want to be and life do I want to lead and legacy do I want to lead? Yeah. And then thinking, and am I actually doing that? Yeah. And if yeah. I'm not, well, it's your life, mate. When are you going to take it seriously? And, and then, Absolutely. you know, how much time you spend in the classroom or not taking your holidays or whatever else it might be or never seeing your children, that's a subset yeah. of trying to construct a life that yeah. you, yeah. Matthew, find meaningful. Yeah. It's, not, it's not about party hats and, yeah. you know, time up. It can involve that. It's, it's, it's what, you know, what am I doing? You're only here once. In 60 years, mate, you will be in the ground like, like I will be. And, and, you know, on your deathbed, looking back, you, you know, it would be quite nice. You can't yeah. have everything you, that you want in life, but it'd be quite nice to think, do you know what, I'm, I'm quite pleased with those choices. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And, and I think you raise a really important point, Nigel. Um, 
uh, just about that it is such a personal choice. I mean, work-life balance is such a this vague concept that no one really knows what it means. But I mean, what it might look like for you is getting to take your kids to school or getting to uh, go to parent-teacher interviews or waking up refreshed or having a great relationship with your wife or your significant other. And I think that's really important. I think that, that each person defines what it looks like for them because you're right, it's a personal choice and we get one shot at this life. We don't get to come back and do it again. Um, I think... Um, I think thank you so much for clarifying that. I think it's a really, really, really important point. Um, one of the uh, the things that you said um, in your talk it said that certain jobs and career choices um, are fundamentally incompatible with the with the sorry being meaningfully engaged with a young family. Uh, do you believe that this is getting better or worse? And has this changed, or have people started to ask this question more, considering there's an influx of people working from home a lot more? Yeah, um, right, that's a terribly worded question. My apologies. It was I got there. That's Take it in, in, in sections. Yeah. So uh, certain jobs and life choices being fundamentally incompatible. 100%. Mm. It, it, it's absolutely the case. And I, it stuns me that people feel the need to lie about that. Mm. So just because you, um, you hated the sight of blood, I would say you probably shouldn't work in A&E. It's, it's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you were scared of heights, you probably shouldn't be a pilot. Yeah. If you wanted to be home for kids' tea every day, you probably shouldn't be a long-distance lorry driver. Yeah. If you hated children, you probably shouldn't be a teacher. It's, it's, it's this sort of ridiculous, babyish, infantile pretense about life. Yeah. So uh, my uh, message is one of, of optimism and hope. I have never seen a situation that can't be... Uh, improved. I, I don't mean solved, but improved. So I think, you you, you know, it, it's very hopeful. I, I, I've, I've had 30,000 emails. I've written back to every single one of them. And every single case, you yeah. can, you know, I, I think there are things you can do to make your life, you know, better and improve your balance and all those things. But if someone comes to me and says, my job, I don't know, I'm a currency trader and the market's open at three in the morning. And, I, you know, and so there's certain absolute, you know, like A&E is going to involve blood. That's you right. know, if, if my job, to be successful in my job, the career that I've chosen, the category, like being a UFC cage fighter, you know, I don't like getting hit in the face. Well, this job involves being hit in the face, right? So if, it's the choices bit, if you would like, only if you would like to be meaningfully engaged, and by that you mean getting them dressed and fed in the morning and picking them up from school, well then doing a job that means you aren't going to be there, I don't know how anyone else can say that's compatible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it isn't. And yeah. so my message, I, I, I'd love to come, I wish there wasn't this lockdown because I come and see your, your wonderful group, you know, personally, is my message is there's tactics and there's strategy. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like taking a headache, you know, Panadol or surgery. So there are certain things where you're happy with your choices in life, but you just, I don't know, you're looking at your phone too much or you work too hard or you don't take your weekend. You know, and there's stuff and we can talk about that, all the tips and tricks to have better. Yeah. yeah. But then there's other other cases, and, and I coach people personally and corporately, there are other cases where you go, do you know what? This isn't about putting your phone off at 10 o'clock or doing, you know, doing yoga. You are in the wrong location because, I don't know, you commute for two hours a day. The biggest gorilla in the zoo. You go, well, as long as that's a conscious choice and that's authentically thought through, yeah. knock yourself out. Yeah. Yeah, look, that, that, that's, such, that's such a good point, Nigel. And, and once again, it has to be right for your circumstances. And it comes back to, like, what, what do you want? Like, you can do anything you like, but you can't do everything really well. And um, I think it's such a wonderful... Um, uh, look, it's, it's such a great time, I think, um, 2020 because it's been a challenge for so many people, but also we get to ask these questions and say, what do we actually want in life? Like, do we want to be home, which is which has its challenges? Do we want to have meaningful conversations with our loved ones? And, and for me personally, I want to be home for tea and I want to have a, a catch up with my wife on the couch each night and, 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 and talk about our day and, and tuck our kids into bed and kiss them goodnight. And, and that may not be for everyone, but I think we have to be building lives around what's really important for us because we have to live with a sense of integrity. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. Like, and look, you've, um, so we talked a little bit about how we, um, how we can start to take that responsibility for, for our lives, which I think comes down to just asking, what do you want? What do you want out of life? At the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed, 
what are you going to look back and and be grateful for or regret not doing? Um, but how can how do you think individuals can start to? You talked a little bit about tips and tricks. How do you think individuals can start to set and um, those boundaries and 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 act with integrity with those? Um, uh, I think there's four things. Yeah, um, I'm going to try and start taking control. The yeah. first is a is a really important one. It's about being uh, internally motivated, not externally motivated. Right, and and people. Um, People often miss this, and then they're surprised when they try and do something. And I think this applies to any area of your life that you want to change. And I, and I could use my drinking as an example. Yeah. So when I was giving up drinking, you know, my, my father-in-law, God love him, you know, I would be in his house and he would constantly offer me drink. And, and when I would say, you know, I've, I've given up drink, mate, he goes, yeah, I know, but, you know, maybe just like the one with the food. When I said, no, no, I've, I've given up drink. Uh, um, and he goes, you're well, just, just the one. And his wife, my, my mother-in-law said, you know, Johnny's given up drink. And my father-in-law said, I know, I just hoped he'd grown up a bit since we last met him. Oh, wow. So the, the reason I'm saying, so I, but I haven't had a drink for 18 years. The reason I'm saying that is I decided I wanted to give up drink because I wanted to give up drink. Yeah. Yeah. If I had decided because I wanted a medal from my father-in-law, well, yeah. wouldn't work because he was encouraging me to drink. That's right. Yeah. So if we're doing stuff for the attention, approval, and affirmation of other people, it isn't going to work. And I know women who don't want to spend time with their families and men who don't want to spend time with their family. You've got, you've got to sit down in the bath and have a, a proper think. And you go, I'm not doing this so I can join in so it will look good on Instagram or, or so the people in the classroom, the teachers, you know, tea room, we're going to think I'm a great bloke. You know, sit down and think about what you actually want. Yeah. So for me, if I lose all my friends and my father-in-law thinks I'm a goose, I'm still giving up drink. Yeah. 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 It's, I'm not doing it. Expecting help from, you know, blah, blah, blah. The people, some of the people closest to you will be the least so if you're the fat girl and you decided to give up to give up weight, maybe your best friend likes you being the fat girl. You know, they don't want you to be the thin girl. Great maybe if I'm, if I'm giving up drink, you know, it's confronting. You know, change is confronting for other people. Yeah. So if ever, just pretend I don't know your work colleagues, but just pretend all your work colleagues are workaholic teachers who boast about working every weekend and not taking a holiday. Right, and you say, pretty, Do you know what? I, I, take... I feel like you know the teaching profession <laughs> quite well. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So, so, just pretend in that environment, you decide I'm going to actually spend some time with my Azira on on the weekend, and I'm actually going to take my four week holiday and go down the coast or whatever else. Well, yeah. they yeah. might be jealous or resentful and not say, "Way to go, Matt." They might make you feel bad. Now, yeah. if you were doing it to fit in with the crowd. Yeah. You're screwed. That's right. So, so thing one is, this is not about being selfish. It's just about being authentically, genuinely motivated. I don't expect anyone else to be interested in the fact that I've given up drink. Yeah. I don't expect anyone else to be interested in the fact that I've got a balanced life. It's, it's my life. It's your yeah. life. Have a think about the type of one that you want. Is step one. And yeah. people sometimes don't do step one. They, they read some stupid blog or magazine or watch an idiotic TV program to be told what life they should have. Yeah. Don't be told. Do not be told, right? Have a think about the life that you would like. Step one. Step two is be realistic. So back to the point about don't work in a A&E if you hate. That's right. No, there are certain, in every industry, and around the world, I've talked to soldiers, horse vets, teachers, nurses, bankers, lawyers in, in Brazil, in America, is every category has category norms that yeah. cannot be broken. Yes, yes. Okay? So within, so, so, so it's moronic of the person, you would think I was a moron if I said I want to be a UFC cage fighter, but I don't like violence. You yes. go, You've just chosen the wrong thing, right? Yeah, so right. I don't know what they are within teaching. 
Yeah, I don't know what they are, but they're there. Don't, yeah. it, it's hard enough to have balance in the things that you can control without saying, I'm going to be the first pilot in history that never goes into the air, or the first doctor in history that never sees blood, or the first teacher in history that never has to mark homework. You know, whatever. It's a, yeah. a balanced view of the things that actually are an inherent, never going to change part of being a teacher. That's right. And have a look at those and go, right, I'm not <laughs> going to suggest, you know, I don't like being in front of groups of children. Well, then don't be a teacher. You know, so, so what are the things it's that good. It's have a great to be happening? Great if you're a long, yeah. yeah. If you're a long distance lorry driver, you're going to be away from home, you know, five nights a week. Yeah. Anyway, so, so you, by being realistic, you choose things that you actually can do. So, so if I, if I was, um, uh, I mean, I, I've done this, I, I, I've never found a person or a job where, they, where there isn't hope. But you've got to choose the right things. That's right. Yeah. So that makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you know, if a teacher says to me, uh, I'm a teacher and the thing that I really want to do to get balance in my life is never present to groups of children. I go, ain't going to happen, mate. <laughs> but then you to groups of children is sort of the definition of being a teacher. But if they say, do you know what, I want to spend more time with my own kids or with my wife or blah, blah, I'll get fit or lose weight. I go, brilliant. We can talk about that. If you're going to say, oh, I'm going to do yoga every day between 10 and 3, you go, well, shouldn't you be in the classroom? You, you know, so let's just choose things that That's are going to work. So yeah. inner motivation, really. The third thing, which I love, is be proactive. No one is going to do this for you. No one, the government, the teaching union, your school, your boss, nobody, nobody is going to do this for you. Okay? You have to decide. Just like losing weight, giving up drink, it's the same as anything else. If you sit down and think, I'm, in, I'm, I'm internally motivated, I've got realistic objectives of how I'm going to do this. Oh, I'll wait until my mummy and daddy or my the government or, or the teacher unions get, no, no, it's not going to happen, right? It, it doesn't, so, so think about, you know, fat people, nothing wrong with being fat, but if you don't want to be fat, you know, government tax on sugar, lovely though it may or may not be, there'll still be fat people because they're going to eat too much. Yeah? Yep. Dr drink, I mean, I, I, I don't drink and there are still pubs. I still got to walk past pubs every day. I just don't go into them. So it, it, it's, it's taking on personal ownership. You want to do this, take yourself seriously. Not yourself seriously as in being up yourself, but take what you want seriously. And if I meet people, I coach people and they go, oh, I really want to be fit and lose weight. And you go, well, you eat lots of cream cakes and you don't do any exercise. I think you're a, you know, you're just a moron. You, you don't, you're not, you're not, you're not so my, in my management consultancy, I've got a mantra, which is clarity, alignment, momentum. Yes. yes. So you've got to start with the clarity, what I want. But then the alignment, you just said you want to spend more time with your wife, for example, and alignment, you refuse to spend any time on the weekend with her. Well, I wouldn't be blaming the government or the teaching profession, or I wouldn't blame anybody but you yeah. on that. So, it, it, right. you, so you've got to be proactive. No one else is going to do it for you. Some people might help, blah, blah. So, but then the fourth thing, right. which... Yeah. People might find contradictory, given what I've just said about you've got to do it, is if you are internally motivated, authentically, right? You might be surprised because your wife, best friend, father-in-law might be resentful and not want you to change. But you might be surprised that that teacher that you've never spoken to, who teaches geography and is not in your department and you've only said hello to her once, is really helpful and empathetic. Yeah. You get help from surprised places. You know, your next door neighbour goes, oh, I've noticed, Matt, that you want to do X. You know, you're planting a herb garden, so here's some tips, whatever. So if you are doing it anyway, so I'm going to give up drink, whatever happens, and then surprising people pop up who actually are helpful. So I've got a, a quote for you from a bloke called Michael McGear, which is, this is the answer to life. Here we go. He said, we are enriched by what we can't do, even more by what we choose not to do. Wow. The secret of being human is learning how to enjoy our limitations. Wow. If we could do everything, we wouldn't need other people. Wow. Holy moly. So that, that explodes my mind. So what that is saying, which is beautiful, 
It's, yeah. it, it's a combination. You've got to do the work. You've got to be proactive. You take personal responsibility, all those things. But then when you've done that, if just pretend you have a, a brother or a best friend or a husband or a wife or a partner or whatever else, then think, are we in this together? How can we help? Yeah. So, yeah. so in a, I mean, gender yeah. roles is, is a minefield. So take, take gender out of it, please. But, and, and, and take monogamy or whatever. You, you, know, you, you can't yeah. say anything without upsetting people. I'm just saying, take two human beings or three, whatever your situation is, right? You go, I have decided that I want X and it passes my first three. It's realistic. It's authentically motivated and you're being proactive. Yeah. And I'm living with, uh, your, your wife is called Azira, is that right? Aziza, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Aziza. And, and you go, right, so um, given that this is something that we both want to do, yes. how can we help each other? Great. So I, I've given a drink, so maybe Kate won't organise for me to go on a pub crawl for my birthday, because that would be unhelpful. Maybe she would get into non-alcoholic beer, because that would be helpful. So once you take it on yourself, you then think about how can the people who I love, who love me, yes. help. Yeah. I mean, balance. I mean, oh my word, forget gender, take gender out of it. It's entirely reasonable, entirely reasonable to say, guess what? We've got seven young children. You look after them full time, so that will be done. And I'll go off to the office, yeah. if that's what you want. Yeah. It, why do people think that the only answer is we will both be really, really, really stressed in a work environment, whatever you're a, you're a teacher or a soldier or a banker, as well as bring up young kids. Now that's fine as well, but that's one option. Yeah, you yeah. could both be part time. One of you could be. So it's thinking about once you've done the first three. Yes. How can collaboratively? Brilliant. Me with the people who I love help us get to where we're going to get because what you might find is that actually people are so grateful oh thank the lord i didn't want to be a partner at that law firm i hate being a lawyer you know please can i stay and bring up the kids or you know there's the whole host of so but you've got to go through the first three what people do clarity alignment momentum is they try and start at the end and they ask their loved ones oh gosh could you sort it out for me could you no 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 no, no. do the hard work first and then the help comes in. Amazing. You should ask. The secret of being human is learning how to enjoy them. You know, I can't do this, honey, all by myself. Yeah. Here are some things I can do. I want to listen to you and what you want. But how are we going to work this out? And just maybe. So I, in a small example, I bring my wife a cup of tea every morning. Brilliant. Every morning for 28 Same. years. I must be, uh, <laughs> yeah. Perfect. She never says that every single year, right? I, I walk the bloody dog every single night. Last thing. But there's small things where. where this is not about role definition. I mean, I'm just trying to say it's like a jigsaw piece where you, you work out in your relationship what works for you. Right. And in some relationships, it might be we're both going to get to the top of our profession and we're both going to have 100 children and we're going to run around like blue-ass flies every day of our life. That's fine. So, so my mantra is decide, don't slide. Right? Decide, don't slide. If you want to be perpetually busy... So you're always running around with a mobile phone to your ear going, oh, gosh, I've got to dash around and oh, I, you know, everything's, a, you know, you've got to hire lots of nannies and clean. That's fine as well, as long as it's a conscious choice. Yeah. Think I, about how you run your life. It, it's so important, Nigel, and, and I love that. I love that you, like, are giving people back choice. Like, we actually, we're not stuck in a rat race. We don't have to pursue this. Strip away all of the ego, all of the pride, all of the what people say you should do. It's your life. And to actually get some time to design it how you want, I think is really important. And I, I, I just wanted to read really quickly a, a quote from your book. And as, a, as I mentioned, as a new dad, this was one of the many parts in, in your book that I burst into tears, which is showing my, uh, my soft side. And it says, um, uh, was it, uh, it was, uh, sorry, two seconds. It just said, Dad, this has been the best day of my life ever. Um, would you mind just talking about why that was such a significant moment um, for you and your son? Yeah. It was, honestly, yes. I, I read that and just instantly started welling up and I'm like, this is what I think we strive to. We strive to create these moments with our kids, but sorry to interject. No, I mean, I, I, that, that was a very important event in my life. Um, it was with my younger son, Harry. Uh, and, and the reason why it was 
so impactful. I mean, it's a lovely thing for a, you know, a child to say to you, it's the best day of his life because he spent some time with you. So that, that you know, but it was because the thing that we had done was so simple and ordinary. Beautiful. That, yeah. that's, the, that's the thing that's, that's the nuance around that story. Yeah. And uh, what, you know, with, with my, I was the CEO of an advertising agency, for Christ's sake. I'm not going to be picking up kids at three o'clock at Bronte Primary School. Um, uh, I mean, I've just, I'd be an idiot. It's just not compatible. I've got, you know, 28 clients to deal with and blah, blah, blah. But when, you know, I lost my job, you go, well, I can be there at three o'clock. And so I'm not, you know, what, what can happen is you think, oh my God, I need to do, um, you know, I want more balance. I want a quality relationship with the people that I love. So I will, and then you think of something really dramatic, you know, or expensive. Yeah. Or, or, or you know, balance and, and loving relationships. It's not about the grand gestures. So all I had done, which is pathetic, I had literally just picked him up from school. Beautiful. So that's not, I don't deserve an Olympic medal. I just picked him up from school and I hadn't been stressed or rushing in or on the phone when I grabbed him. Mobile. I was just completely present. Just picked him up from school and he wanted to mess around in the playground. So I let him mess around. I didn't rush him. And then after we all, oh, can we go to the shop and buy a lolly? Yeah. And then can we go to the beach? Yeah. And then do you fancy a pizza? Sure. Dad, can you read me a story? Yeah, why not? You know, and this is the best day of my life. <laughs> Makes me cry. It, it was just a beautiful moment. But what that made me think is that there's a, there's a quote from my famous Russian playwright, Chekhov, which is any fool can face a crisis. It's day-to-day -day living that's the real challenge. You go, that's great. That's great. So, oh gosh, the house is burning down. Grab a hose. Oh gosh, I'm going to take the family to Disney World. You know, no, no, no. Stop with the hero drama stuff. Are you there on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Because yeah. guess what? Yeah. Might like you to pick him up at three o'clock at Bronte Primary School and walk him down to the local shop for a lolly. Yeah. So anyway, it, it, it absolutely knocked me on the floor because it made me realise, and this is something that's very, very important. If I go back to the thing about I've never seen a situation that can't be improved. It's yeah. the small things yeah. regularly applied over time yeah. that transform your life. Yeah. Not, oh, I'm a hero, I took everyone to the moon, or we hired a camper van. I mean, lovely those those things might be. You go, how do you actually behave yeah. day in, day out? Yeah. That doesn't mean not to pick the kid up from school every day, but you go, it's a really encouraging message, which is, ah, this is doable. This yeah. is doable. So just pretend... I was still an advertising agency CEO and I had the knowledge that I now have. You go, well, maybe once a month I'll take the afternoon off not to take him on the harbour in a yacht, but to pick him up at the school gates. Yeah. You know, so you go, wow. Well, I reckon if I'm talking to a senior lawyer or banker who thinks he's too busy to do it, you go, yeah, not every day, mate. I'm saying once once a month and you can go back to office at midnight you know you, you go oh wow so that it's back to that realistic point yeah yeah it, it, you know life uh, there's, there's a you know the buddhist thing about um before enlightenment chop wood carry water yes yeah after enlightenment chop wood carry water this is not about having some stress-free life where you sit around watching daytime telly eating ice cream is it's about choosing the struggles that you want there isn't an option, which is no struggle. That, that, that's, that's off the table, right? There isn't, oh, I want a profession that pays me lots of money to work not very hard at something I really, really love and do whatever I want whenever I want. That, that's a different planet that we're not on, right? You go, life involves every day, you know, working and adapting and all those things, but I'd like to choose the type of struggles that I want. Yeah. So again, back to the example, if you're a pacifist and you don't like being hit in the face, don't choose being a UFC fighter, because you'll be running around the ring going, why does that bloke keep on, you know, punching me? Um, so think about what you, the, the challenges, so for me, I, I, I've left a, a, you know, mildly successful corporate career, right? Which means that I have uh, more financial challenges that, that I would have had yes. if I had stayed doing the thing. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to burst into tears about it. You know, that's fine. It, it, you know, decisions have consequences. 
So you, you got the choice. So, so the younger, choice. That's all right. <laughs> like you probably. So I mean, if I didn't, I'm writing my sixty book. So I hope I look fifty nine. Amazing. And, and, and like I said, Nigel, it, it, it's so wonderful to hear or to, or to remind people that we actually have choice. We can decide. And, and even after reading, um, after reading a book, like I, I've just started making these really small changes. Like when my little things, like when my little girl, we've got two little girls, but when the one that's walking comes up to me and says, Daddy, can I have a cuddle? Instead of being in the middle of something, dropping whatever I'm doing and giving her a cuddle. Like it's not rocket science. I don't need to go out and earn more money to do that. And so I think, and, and just making sure, and one of the things I got from your book as well is just making sure that um, I'm always home to, to read her a story. Like, it's not hard. I can go back and do work after hours when she's in bed. She doesn't know. So taking the time to read a story, to be present, to give her hugs, to give her cuddles. And at the end of the day, like, I don't think kids really care what their parents do for their job. I think they just care whether they're home to read them a story and they feel loved. And, and like, I think it doesn't, it, it doesn't no, really... Not that they don't really care. They literally couldn't care less. Exactly. Let's, let's be honest. Exactly. I mean, they genuinely couldn't care. But, and, and there's something that, that might help your, your, I don't know what to say, listeners, viewers, whatever, your, your wonderful community. It sure. is a, a, a insight that transformed my life. And I, I need to say this, you, you know, I hope... The reason I'm here is, is to hopefully say something that one of your listeners might find helpful. And, and one of the things is don't look at it on a daily basis. Yes. So, so, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow, God love her, is not relevant to my life or your life. She is relevant to other multimillionaires, A-list actresses. Don't, you know, don't spend any attention on something idiotic blog or magazine or interview where they tell you what your daily routine should be every day i'm going to get up at four and have a cuddle and do yoga and then make breakfast. forget that think about the outcome that you want and grab the opportunities when you can absolutely that takes the pressure that takes the pressure off if i said, oh, every, that thing, that story with Harry, when he said the best day of my life, because I picked him up, I could say, right, so every day I'm going to pick him up and we're going to have the best day of our life. And then it's not going to happen, mate. That was a one-off, beautiful thing, right? But I was present enough to grab it when it came. So what I would say is your daughter comes up to you and says, Dad, can I have a cuddle? And you go, do you know what? This is one of those moments. I reckon that homework could wait for five minutes. It probably could wait for 15 What's more important in your life, the little snotty-nosed kid whose homework you meant you're, you're, you're marking or your daughter that you're bringing up, right? I reckon your daughter, and you can do both. You can have it all, just not at the same time. Yeah. So but people put unnecessary stress on themselves because what they want is Gwyneth Paltrow's or Jennifer Anson's day, right? And they're all lying anyway. They haven't got that day. <laughs> I know that's true. Yeah. And they're on the bloody booze and they don't see their kids and they've got nannies. And right? So it's just... Be gentle with yourself. And, and what, what I, when I, on some of my talks, I talk about there's, there's, there's four aspects to life, intellectual, physical, emotional, and spiritual. It is think about the things that are important to you. This is the internal motivator, genuinely important to you. And then have a time frame that enables you to be flexible, but not delusional. Yeah, that's right. So I, I love the... Um, I choose a month, just again, for, I'm not saying for anyone else, but I choose a month. So I've got an elderly mother in England. She's got myeloma, she's got cancer, she's, uh, you know, she's not a well lady. It is, you know, I love her dearly, and, and I've only got one parent, my dad's died four years ago, is uh, if I feel, which I do, that me being a supportive, present son that has a relationship with her is an important thing in my life, and I haven't called her in the last month, I'm an idiot. That's right. Yeah. If yeah. I said I hadn't called her in the last day, well, go, well, maybe I was doing an interview in America and a speech in France and I, I couldn't get round to it that day. But if you make it a month, it enables you to make yourself accountable. Yeah. Now, I just, just use that as an example. So yeah. Then you right. say, oh, I really want to be fit or I want to lose weight or whatever it is. And I go, oh, really, man? And, and how often have you visited the gym in the last month? And you go, not at all. I go, mate, we need a chat because I think you're not, I mean, I think you're just, you know, you're just 
talking rubbish and deluding yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So if you say, I mean, it's really important. I want to spend quality time, snuggle up with my kids and read them a story sitting on their bed and they're sitting there in their Batman pajamas. And I want to be that dad. And you go, oh, and when was the last time you did that? You go, never. Oh, what? And you give me some sob story about being a teacher and how it's not possible. I don't believe you. Yeah. I don't believe you. Now, I do believe you if you said some idiotic objective, which was every day I'm going to do it. Yeah. You go, well, I, yeah, sure. You, you know, there was a big thing you had to do. But if you set it, you know, sufficiently lengthy, not as I said in my TED speech, I'll do it after I retire, because guess what? Your, kid, your kids would have left home. But if you set it a month, it just keeps you honest. What is measured gets done. That's right. What is measured gets done. Can I read you a poem? Please. I would love that. Okay. Because this, and it's this, your wife wrote a wonderful article about apathy and about how it's a constant, um, you know, battle and all those things. And, and this poem for me is a lifesaver. Right. And, and one of the things I, I, I sort of, I prescribe it to certain of my clients. Really? Because you need to learn this by heart properly verbatim and then repeat it to yourself every time you wash your hands and you will call me up in a year's time and thank me okay are you ready I look forward to it. <laughs> okay so every day is a fresh beginning listen my soul to the glad refrain and spite of sorrow and older sinning and puzzles forecasted and possible pain take heart with the day and begin again. There you go. Answer to that. So what that means, if you, if you rely that to the other things I've been saying, yes. and you're internally motivated and you're doing small things, is if every morning is a new day, which obviously it is, the sun goes down, the sun comes up. Well, if every morning is a new day, every moment is the first moment of the rest of your life. Does that make sense? That's amazing. It's a constant, life is constant white water, you go get your values right, get your motivation right, get your objectives right. Don't expect, oh, I've read a book or I've heard a talk from Nigel or blah, blah, so my life's going to be perfect. No, it's not, right? My life, I've still got, you know, I think I've got perfect balance. You, you know, it doesn't mean I've got no problems. I think I've got absolutely perfect balance. That doesn't mean I don't have stresses. But the way I define balance, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got the challenge got the challenges that I choose. I've got to, you know, course correct and adapt, you know, when things happen in a day, you know, there's somebody got a jackhammer out there or whatever, you know, but you go, if you wake up and go, okay, it's a new day today. going to dust myself off, start again. I know what I want to do. America in half an hour. I've got a client meeting. I'm just going to do my best I can. I'm planning on taking my wife out to a Thai meal tonight and get up on Saturday and start all over again. Amazing. As opposed to what's the daily routine that I can have that's going to make my life stress-free forever? There, there isn't one. Yeah, yeah. Mate, it's, so, it's been so nice to talk to you. I hope, I hope some of your people get something from a conversation. Oh, look, uh, Nigel, it's, it's so, like, I feel like I'm getting a therapy session here. I don't know about everybody else, but I, I'm, it, it's, been, it's been so wonderful. And just um, it would be amiss of me to ask one final question um, and a, a, a series of um, your, your podcast series, The Five of My Life. Um, if you wouldn't mind just spending a few minutes um, unpacking that project and t uh, telling our audience what that's about, because I would really encourage them. You, you interview some incredible people. I just finished listening to uh, uh, Professor uh, Charlie Teo the other day, and you've got some pretty amazing guests on there. Please spend a few moments explaining what that project's about. Yeah, well, thank you for listening. It, it, it's, it's very, it's very uh, important to me, that podcast. Yeah. So, and I, and, I, and I've done the same. I mean, all, all the stuff that I say is just what I believe. So, so it, it's all whether I give a speech or a book or a podcast or a consultancy, I just, I just am who I am. Um, so my objective with the podcast is to release one episode every three weeks until I die and then hand over to my uh, son. So that's what I'm going to do. And, 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 and again, it's internally motivated, not externally motivated. I don't care if I never make a dollar from it, but if I make $100 million from it, I'll, I'll gladly take it. But, but I'm doing it for the reasons that I'm going to come on and talk about. So I, I feel that, you know, lots of the media content that we are exposed to these days is vacuous, moronic. It's an open sewer of superficial bollocks, you know? So you go, well, 
Well said. You know, yeah. take charge, you know, rather than whinge about it. I mean, so I don't watch it. And I, I mean, I just can't. I mean, I, I just, my mind explodes when I see some of these TV programs that you go, this is awful. Our children are watching that. So you go, well I, well, I wouldn't mind creating something that, that I would like to listen to. You know, yeah. whether I'm, I'm thrilled that you listen to it. I mean, the numbers are going up, which is great. And the, but, but as in, I'll, I'll be doing it if no one else was listening. Um, so I, I, what I wanted to do is talk to prominent people and as it gets more successful, I can, they needn't be famous. So at the moment I'm doing Julia Gillard and Charlie Teo and Johnny, you know, Olympic champions and prime ministers and blah, blah, blah. But I want to get to a stage where you tell me, actually, you should interview this teacher that no one's heard of, but he's a really interesting bloke. Anyway, but we'll, we'll get to that. Right. But what I want to do is interview people who are prominent for something. So I've done Lane Beachley, who's a surfing champion, or John Eels, who's the captain of the Wallabies or was, and, you know, but, um, and interview them not about what they're prominent for yeah. because yeah. you don't need another interview about that because because if you you know if, if you know Beyonce because you like her music well you know read the articles it would be her crapping on about her music right but you don't know what a favorite film is or a favorite book is so what I'm trying to do is get a surprising sideways in insight brilliant for prominent people and I've got a device that will never change. They come in and they talk about a film, a book, a song, a place, and a possession. And what is happening, I just did one uh, yesterday, I've got 10 next week, is people are, getting the, people are getting the format and what I mean. So if you chose Titanic, and I, you know I'm going to say, why did you choose Titanic? If you say, because I like it, you're a moron, right? It's not about, I, I couldn't care about Titanic. I want you to say, because it reminds me of my violent father. Yeah. or my lovely daughter, or that drug problem I had, or that, or that wild year in Paris. I go, oh, really, Matt, tell me about Paris. And off we go. It's a leap yeah. into it. It's not supposed to be chronological. It's not supposed to be um, sensational or, or timely in terms of, oh, tell me about COVID. It's an insight, a window yeah. into people's lives, a surprising one that makes you, I just love this, where people go, oh, I listened to, I, I did the... Um, <laughs> I did Commando Steve, who's some bloke who was on, was on The Biggest Loser. Yeah. yeah. And have you listened to that episode? I haven't, no, but I do know, I do know Commando Steve. Sensational. Because the reason I wanted to, to interview him is he's actually a Zen Buddhist. Wow. Right? So he, he's, not, he's not the moron, you know, I'm not saying he's moron, he's, he's not the reality TV show yeah. pony, but, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I'm talking about uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, who's the Buddhist monk that he follows. Um, but what it does in a sideways in way, and I've got hundreds of emails where I keep them, I print them off and I've got them in my, my filing cabinet, Brilliant. is people say, oh, Nigel, I really enjoyed listening to Commando Steve because I like the, big, the biggest loser and I wanted to see his, you know, his six pack or whatever. Um, uh, but gosh, it made me go off and investigate Tick Nart Hart. Yeah. So you came to my podcast to hear the story you know, about Commando Steve and you, you hoped maybe I'll talk about Michelle Bridges and his romantic troubles. Didn't mention it once. And you ended up watching a film about a Vietnamese Buddhist Zen monk. Job done, right? So it's, when I, it, 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 it's, it's a window into people and a platform for stories, but it's also expanding people's minds. Yeah. Where we've all got the music we like and the films we like and the books we like. And at my age, my interests should be getting narrower. They're exploding. I just watched last night a Lebanese film by a Lebanese director about a Lebanese shanty town. One of the best films I've ever seen, Capernaum. Right? But I wouldn't have watched it if, because I researched my guests' choices if one of my guests hadn't chosen it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so it's basically, I've got a mantra, surprise, surprise, so I know exactly what I'm trying to do. Right. doesn't mean I achieve it. I know exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to entertain, educate, and elevate. Brilliant. I want it to be short, so 30 or 40 minutes. I don't want it to be two hours. Yeah. I want the format to never change. And you just go, I, do you know what? I wonder what, you know, whoever you think, whoever is, you know, I wonder what Tom Cruise's five would be. Yeah. You will tune in. So just a different way into a personality. So thank you for listening. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's, it's going gangbusters. And do you know the thing we do when we ask people, um, who they want on next. We're now going through that list. Brilliant. So the, the reason we got Julia Gillard is because Richard Glover said, I want Julia Gillard. Yeah. So I call up Julia Gillard and not say Nigel, who you've never heard of once you, I say Richard Glover wants you. And then Julia chose Tim Minchin, the, the, yeah. the comedian. And yeah, I know Tim so I, 
I come up to him and say, not, hello, Nigel, you've never heard of me, come on my podcast. I go, the Prime Minister wants to hear your five. <laughs> so. Brilliant. And I, I, I think uh, specifically um, when I listened to uh, Professor Charlie Teos, he was talking about um, having no regrets initially. I know this is about a year ago, uh, maybe more than a year ago that you recorded it. Um, and then by the end of the interview, um, I think he'd maybe changed his mind on a few, a few points or a few things that he would have done differently. Which I'm I thought so was glad amazing. you picked that up. And, and the wonderful thing about Please. the... I shouldn't say wonderful because it's my own. But, so it's, but the, the, one of the things about the podcast is it's specifically evergreen. Yeah. We don't say, oh, how are you dealing with COVID or what do you think about President Trump or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not about that. So the fact that the Charlie one was a year ago yeah. is entirely irrelevant. It will be relevant. That, that episode will be as relevant in five years' time and 10 years' time as it was five months ago. So yeah. we edit out. We, we brief the guests not to say, oh, gosh, you know, whatever's happening today. So, so you look down the list of people and say, oh, I like Sarah Wilson or Gary Negan, the master chef, or, you know, you've got all these lovely people on, or Osher Gunsberg, Will Anderson, whatever, whoever you, because I take people from different categories, it's not about successful business people or sportsmen or politicians. It's about all of them. Have yeah. you got time for a quick story? Oh, absolutely. I would love that. Yeah. You said yes in a your face said no, your, your mouth said yes. No, that's my, uh, the current state of my face is uh, more relevant to two children being up most of the night. It's not, definitely has nothing to do with your storytelling prowess, but I would, I would love to hear another story. So just quickly, have you heard of Gregory Smith? I haven't, no. Okay, so he is a guy who had an alcoholic father. Okay. Uh, who was very, very violent, would beat him and his brother and sisters and his mother up. Um, I mean, very, very badly. The point of hospitalisation and, and whatever. Um, and his mum said, I'm worried that dad's going to kill you, so I'm going to take you to Aunt Muriel's. And, um, you know, so drove him to Aunt Muriel's. And he was thinking, blimey, I didn't realise we had a rich relative because Aunt Muriel's house is quite big. So she drops him off at Aunt Muriel's. And guess what? It's not Aunt Muriel's. It's an orphanage. Um, so the two people that, you know, he looks up to in his life, one beats him senseless three times a week. The other one deserts him. In an, orphan, in an orphanage, what happens? He gets buggered and beaten up every day for, you know, seven years. So he leaves um, and he is a very broken man. And his way of uh, existing is going to a different pub every night and picking a fight with the most violent looking person so he can be beaten up. Gosh. If he wins the fight, that's a disaster. He wants to be kicked senseless because that's what he knows. Anyway, so he, he's a terrible 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 life he's been you know it's awful hopeless he's in Mullumbimby and after one of these fights he walks into the forest not with a Patagonia tent or a sleeping bag just walks in with the clothes on his back and doesn't come out for 10 years he lives like an animal in the rainforest behind Mullumbimby for 10 years he comes out what, is, what does he do now he is the professor of sociology at Gold Coast University. Holy moly. Yeah. Now, so he's, I've already interviewed him. He's coming out in a, in a couple of episodes time. You go, I just love, you know, don't you want to hear about that bloke? I do. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So life, it's about stories, mate. So it's just, it's not what I don't want. I love vacuum celebrities who, you know, I want people with interesting stories that potentially could entertain, educate, and elevate. You and I might be able to learn a couple of things from Gregory. Yeah, absolutely. And and Nigel, I like. I, I feel like I could I, I could talk for for hours, and I know that you have um, uh, probably other commitments as well. But I just wanted to to really thank you, really from the bottom of my heart, thank you for your time today. And I think the thing that has really stood out to me from our, our conversation is about living with uh, authenticity and integrity. And continuing to and to make sure that you're um, that you are in control of what you do with your life, you get to choose. But those values and those actions need to line up. And and I think it's it's been such a such a wonderful wonderful discussion with uh, with you today. And I think I'm really hoping that there's so many people that that get something out of it and actually realise that they can take control of their lives. They can live lives that are significant and also lives that are meaningful. And realise that you're they're not necessarily stuck on the 
on the treadmill of life that they think they can make choices. And I, I really uh, yeah, do want to do want to thank you for your time, Nigel. And um, uh, just the final point um, in closing: where can um, my audience find out more about you and the work that you're doing? Because it's um, it, sound, it sounds it sounds fascinating. I'll tell you, but only after I get to say one more point because I love what you just said is that there's there's a real truth in uh, the the notion that one of the biggest mistakes that humanity makes is thinking if they can't do everything that therefore they should do nothing yeah and especially in this topic work life balance is it really liberates you just like don't think of a daily routine a set daily routine that's never going to change is don't think about i'm going to sort it think about progress not perfection yeah yeah so you go you know what oh gosh maybe i need to do the fundamental the surgery change whatever it is but in the meantime next week i'm going to do one thing and the thing about other people helping you i'm going to do one thing and he my my lover is going to do one other thing and just let's just see next saturday if we've done you know because just maybe doing a small thing is really brilliant remember the story about harry yeah if i said oh, i'm going to change my life no 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 i just picked him up from school so my message, one of my messages is don't try and shoot the lights out and, and you know, go, oh, look at me, grand gesture. I'm now a, a shepherd and I live in a cave and, I've, you know, I've got beads in my hair and I smoke dope all the time. No, no, just look at your life and go, how can I improve this just by one small little action in the next seven days? Yeah. yeah. And guess what? If you did that and then you did it again and did it again and did it again, my life now is completely different, I mean, yeah. totally different to how it was, but yeah. that's because of a series of small changes. Anyway. That's right. Have you heard of the... Um, uh, if the, anyone wants to find out about me... Which I, yeah, sorry, there's a bit of a delay then. I didn't mean to cut you off. Have you heard of the concept of Kaizen? Yes, the Japanese, the Japanese thing, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, uh, I don't want to do another shameless plug to my wife, but she wrote an article about that, about how um, some of the, the, the really little changes over a long period of time really compound into, into really positive things. And so um, thank you so much for, for, for sharing that. And I didn't mean to cut you off before, but where can people find out more about what you do or get in touch? And, uh, it's hilarious. If, if you Google me, yeah, um, wonderful. I've got a website and, and, and I, if anyone emails me, I answer every single email. Person, I, right? I can vouch for that. You're yeah. very, very quick in getting back to people. Thank you. Uh, uh, if you go, so if you do Google me, it's, it's just hilarious, and I can't change this. I think it's called a Google profile. The first thing that comes up is a Google profile that says I'm an underwater photographer. Amazing. <laughs> well, I'm not, right? So it's, it's some other bloke. They, they've melded two Nigel Marshes. It's just brilliant. Where, you know, I, I, I travel the world doing underwater photography. And, anyway, so that's not me. But if you go to nigelmarsh.com, um, you can see my podcast, my TED speech, my books, my whatever else I do. And I am, you know, I, I don't want to pretend I've got any answers. I mean, if anyone's interested, that's, that's lovely. And, and if I can help anybody, I'd like to. But, um, you know, there are far better people to take advice from than Nigel Marsh. So, but but I, I've really, you know, enjoyed talking to you. And I think I'd really like your wife because I like that article. I like the Kaizen thing. Um, yeah. so, and and to you, mate, well done. Because if you are doing something that is helping your Thank profession you. and category... That's a really good thing to be doing. And part of what I like is people who, who add to stuff, whether it's poems on the underground or sculptures by the sea or the High Line in New York or the Sydney Skinny or I'm a new teacher, is just making a contribution. So good on you. Yeah, that's very kind. Thank you so much, Nigel. Hopefully uh, we will get to do a round two at some point, um, but I'm a huge, a huge fan of your work. I really do appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Art of Teaching podcast. I hope that you, like me, got some valuable insights out of our discussion today. For show notes, please visit theartofteachingpodcast.com and please remember to subscribe to future episodes. If you could also let me know what your thoughts about our discussions were today, rate and review the episode on iTunes and share the resource with anyone that you think might find it useful. Thank you for listening. Until next time.